Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Thank you both. Andrew Yo joins us now, senior fellow in Korea, chair at the Brookings Institution and professor of politics at Catholic University. As we serious up, yesterday we talked about China and the balloon and the U.S. Today we're talking about North Korea and where things stand with Kim Jong-un. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Good morning, Tommy. It's good to be on the program with you. Thanks for taking the time. You know, the, the Kim Jong-un in North Korea, it's one of these things that's not on the front page every day, but he doesn't go away, correct? And this whole situation does not go away. That's right. This has been going on and on, and he's like the gift that keeps giving for North Korea analysts like myself. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me where we stand now. I know on, what, New Year's Day they had an ICBM launch? Yeah, they had a nuclear test on uh, New Year's uh, Eve, on New Year's Day. They had 90, uh, they had 90 tests, uh, missile tests, ICBM tests, yeah. short-range tests. Let me just jump in, Andrew, if I may. If I may, when you say sure. nuclear tests, you're talking about missiles, not explosions, right? Oh, yeah, missile tests. So these are yeah. missile tests. There is uh, – everyone is saying that they're getting ready to do a seventh nuclear test. that hasn't happened yet. But, yes, uh, just a correction that it's – these are uh, – uh, ballistic missiles that they've been testing. They're trying to perfect their range and capabilities so that they could uh, hit a target in the U.S. They already have the range, I think, to uh, hit cities in the United States, but they don't have the capabilities quite yet to have a missile go up and then back down and re-enter into the atmosphere without burning up. So that's why they're uh, consistently doing these missile tests. So you got to have the warhead, right? And that has to work. And then you have to have the delivery system, which is the missile, correct? Uh, that's correct. And so you you, you have to make the uh, the warhead. You have to insert the nuclear, uh, the fissile material into the warhead, and it has to be launched. And uh, you it goes uh, up into the atmosphere. But right now, with a long range missile, this is the intercontinental ballistic missiles, the ICBMs. Mm-hmm. They don't have at least at least not yet, the assumption is they don't have the capabilities to strike. So let's say the east coast of the United States. But I think in terms of the short range, they can definitely do that. And that's why there's a lot of discussions, even South Korea, about whether we're protected. We, meaning the South Koreans, are protected well enough against North Korean missiles. And they've even talked about uh, growing their own homegrown nuclear weapons. So there's been some discussion in South Korea as well, too. You know, so much talk has been uh, had, made, whatever you say. We've been talking so much, let me put it that way, Andrew, about um, Iran and fissile material, et cetera. But I presume North Korea has everything they need to construct nuclear weapons and they get this from China? Or explain that to me, please. Sure. Well, the 
the technology they the technology transfer that they've acquired uh many actually think it was from uh iran uh there was a a, a period where uh, pakistan there was a, a scientist named aq khan who had a network and so uh, it's actually from the Pakistanis and the Iranians that maybe they had acquired the the nuclear technology. But in terms of missiles and rockets, you know, they may have also borrowed from Chinese technology uh, there. But this is a program that's been in place since the early 1990s. And that's why we say when we keep going on and on, it's been more than three decades where we've tried to stop North Korea from acquiring nuclear weapons. But uh, as time goes on, you know, they've gradually continued to uh, build. It's been a two-step-forward, one-step-back process. We've gotten them to put in place a freeze, or we've had negotiations in the past. But um, this is why uh, U.S. negotiators, um, they, they feel that they, you know, they don't want to draw a line. So there's talk about, well, why don't we just negotiate with the North Koreans? Why don't we go for a freeze? But they feel that if you... If you work on an arms control agreement where you get North Korea to stop everything, that they're just going to try to finagle whatever they can from the U.S. and the international community and then restart their program at some other point. But now I think North Korea's goal is that they just want the international community to accept them as a nuclear state. So I think it's much harder also for the United States, the Biden administration, to really get North Koreans to come back to the negotiating table. At this point, does the world have an option other than to accept North Korea as a nuclear state? So the U.S. government, they uh, I, it's one of these things where they know that the North Koreans really uh, won't give up nuclear weapons, but you can't declare that, okay, we accept North Korea as, as having nuclear weapons. They're now a nuclear status state uh, because the U.S. is very much committed to nonproliferation, meaning we don't want other states other than the existing um, recognized nuclear states, and those that have uh, the recognized nuclear states, so you know, U.S., China, Russia, U.K., France. Um, to uh, other than those, and there's of course other states that have since acquired nuclear weapons that aren't a part of this non-proliferation treaty. But uh, there's a commitment to not have the spread of nuclear weapons, and if to say that North Koreans can get nuclear weapons would be making another exception, and it would signal to other regimes. Say, for instance, uh, Iran, uh, Saudi Arabia, even within East Asia, um, you know, South Korea, that it's it's okay to get nuclear weapons. So that's what what why they can't say in public we accept North Korea as a nuclear state. But that being said, um, there's some there's some arguments that well, the best that we can do is to at least uh, de-escalate the tensions and the threat. And so for the time being, why don't we think about that arms control agreement? Why don't we get them to do a nuclear freeze and put a cap? And maybe down the road, five years, 10 years, we can persuade the North Koreans that it's not in their interest to have nuclear weapons. We can give them more uh, economic goodies. Uh, we can give them fuel and energy in return for giving up their nuclear weapons. But that's where you have this debate. Those who have been working on North Korea issues for a long time say, uh, you you know, you fooled me once, fine, don't fool me twice. And so, uh, again, they're very resistant to having that type of approach. They think that having an arms control or a nuclear freeze agreement in place is tantamount to basically accepting North Korea as a nuclear state so moving to, on forward. So to recap, Andrew, right now they do have a nuclear weapon. They could deliver it short range, and the only issue now is them perfecting the ICBM technology so they would have a long-range nuclear weapon. Is that accurate, what I just said? That's correct. So it's the question of whether they have a, they're a, th a threat to the U.S. 
uh, mainland. Now, they're already a threat to the U.S. because we have American troops in Japan and South Korea, and Hawaii, so they're vulnerable right? to a, a nuclear attack. So one thing that the U.S. has guaranteed to its allies is a concept known as extended deterrence. So uh, deterrence works means that we have weapons, so you don't want to launch them at us because we're going to completely destroy your country. And the U.S. has said that point blank in their uh, 2022 national security strategy. There's also a, a national defense strategy where they say point blank, any use of North Korean nuclear weapons is the end of the regime. And so the U.S. wants to make it credible that any nuclear threats from North Korea will uh, result in severe punishment. So for now, we have what we call U.S. nuclear strategic assets. So we don't have nuclear weapons on the Korean peninsula, but we have bombers. Uh, we have submarines that can launch nuclear weapons. And so we tell North Koreans, you know, we, don't, we won't tell you where the locations are, but we have these assets. And so don't try to launch nuclear weapons because we're going to get you back. So, uh, so that's where we're at right now in terms of protecting U.S. forces. But certainly if they can strike, you know, the east, you know, Washington, D.C., New York, and that, that, would be a, that would be escalating the levels of threat once, once again. If they desired to, could they launch a nuclear weapon into uh, Hawaii, Pearl Harbor? Yes, and so I don't know if you remember, but in 20, uh, is it 2017 or 2018, but there was a, a false alarm right, where yeah. uh, the Pacific Command, so that's where our, our, our uh, command theater headquarters is located, where they said that, a, that there was a, a missile coming and everyone, you know, hit the deck or were, they were trying, they went indoors. Uh, and I heard it was it was a quite uh, it was a scary scary moment. So yes, they do have that they do have that capability. And having been in Hawaii, it really struck me as real, and, and it 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 shocked me. It honestly did. That's why I remember. We're gonna take a break. We come back. I want to talk about uh, tensions ratcheting up with China. What role does China play? What do they gain with? Because China's playing a long game, right? And and what do they yes. gain mm-hmm. with the uh, by um, muddling up between North Korea and us? And also uh, the the threat besides nuclear weapons, conventional weapons, what kind of threat do they pose? We're talking to – I wish we wouldn't be, Andrew, and it's nothing personal. Andrew Yeo, Senior Fellow in Korea, Chair at the Brookings Institution and Professor of Politics at Catholic University about Kim Jong-un. But they have been some episodes of of flights that are getting close to each other and jet fighters and so forth and buzzing each other and – uh, all it takes is one accident, and who's no, who knows what could happen. Kim Jong-un has not gone away, and we'll continue our discussion. When we come back, 504-260-1870. If you got any questions or comments, Tommy Tucker, WWL. 926, uh, talking to Andrew Yeo, Senior Fellow, Korea Chair at the Brookings Institution and Professor of Politics at Catholic University about Kim Jong-un. It'd be nice just because he's not on the front page if he would quietly go away, but he has not. And Andrew, how'd you say that? He, he's the gift that keeps on giving, huh? Yeah, and there were, you know, there have been rumors that he died or his health was, uh, you know, that he was sick. And but, you know, when those rumors come, you know, three weeks later he reappears again. So hasn't hasn't he lost right. weight? He doesn't, he doesn't go away. And hasn't he lost weight or some or gotten more healthy? He has. He's uh, he's slimmed down. Many suspect it could be the COVID diet. I mean, there was uh, reports that he had fevers. You know. No one really knows for sure if they were COVID or not. And North Koreans, when they were reporting an outbreak last May, they didn't refer to it as COVID. They just said uh, there were people with fevers because they actually didn't have enough test uh, testing kits to you know, accurately test uh, people who are getting sick. But that was the assumption they had uh, he'd gotten COVID and then um, and then he had lost weight. He had shed some weight after that. Um, 
what what is where does China stand with this? They don't want North Korea and us to get along. I presume. Do they want a nuclear North Korea or not? So, uh, so they would prefer North Korea not to have nuclear weapons to have them, but their preference uh, is really uh, stability. Uh, stability within the uh, within the Korean Peninsula, which means the status quo. So they don't want uh, a unified Korea because it would most likely mean a Korea under uh, mostly South Korean influence, which is a U.S. alliance. You have a uh, which they have an alliance with the U.S. So it would mean having a uh, an allied Korea right up against China's border. So they want the peninsulas to stay divided. So as long as the regime doesn't collapse or it's not uh, too unstable, then uh, that is their goal. Now, if nuclear weapons creates instability, that's why they—that's their role of not. That's the reason why they wouldn't want to have uh, this escalation of tensions. But uh, this is why they've sometimes played a constructive role, and other times they haven't. So, in 2017, 2018, this is a period of fire and fury when North Korea conducted three nuclear tests, dozens of missile tests, and Trump, you know. You know, threatened to press the button and say that you know we you know my nukes are bigger than new, uh, your nukes. So during that period, uh, China actually got a little bit more serious because they saw that uh, this could lead to some sort of conflict if North if there's an invasion or if North Korea collapses, that it would put the advantage to the U- U.S. and South Korea. And so they decided to apply sanctions on North Korea. But but that's the problem. The U.S. always complains that China is willing to put on uh, put up sanctions. Uh, to signal to North Korea's displeasure, but not turn the screws so tight that it would lead to a complete collapse of the regime. So that's where China stands. And historically, it was the United States getting so close to China that led them into the Korean War, correct? Uh, that's correct. Well, they... Uh, when during the Korean War, MacArthur, you know, he had run up the North Koreans all the way up to the Chinese, the Yalu River, the Chinese-North mm-hmm. Korean border, and that's when the Chinese... Um, you know, they were both communist countries, and, you know, Mao Zedong felt that he can't just sit here at this point because they could try to enter uh, China as well, and then he decided to support full force the North Koreans. So, um, so yeah, but right now, I think China is not playing a constructive role just because of the tensions in U.S.-China competition. As you know, uh, Putin, uh, Kim Jong-un, uh, Xi Jinping, you know, they have their... Uh, dictators, uh, moral support group there. So in some ways, they're all supporting one another. I think China has the most to lose, though, because rep- international reputation still matters to China. I think Russia and North Korea at this point, you know, their uh, international reputation doesn't matter uh, matter much. And so that's why there's still some hope that maybe you can get China to be a more const- play a more constructive role, perhaps persuade the North Koreans uh, to dial it back a bit, to not conduct a seventh nuclear uh, seventh nuclear test. But in 2022, we didn't see any of that, uh, any of that from China. So China doesn't want North Korea too strong. They don't want them too weak either, right? Right. They want the status quo and they want stability on the Korean Peninsula. That's their, that's their highest aim. And, you know, of course, as I mentioned, they don't want North Korea to have nuclear weapons. But if that's one way of keeping the regime intact, uh, then uh, then they, they can live with it. And they seem to be more okay with it in, in recent years than they were uh, than they were in the past. We talk about nuclear weapons, and rightfully so. What about conventional uh, weapons, and how much of a threat does North Korea pose to South Korea and the United States troops, uh, United States troops stationed there? 
Yeah, so they do have a formidable military threat as well, too. You know, 30% of their economy is devoted to the military. So this is a country that can't feed its people, but it's willing to sustain an army and spend money on uh, missile and nuclear technology, also increasing cyber capabilities. They've pulled off, uh, they've gotten into crypto, and they've uh, they've stolen money from uh, different countries' banks. The, the most famous one was the Lazarus heist, where they stole money from uh, the the central bank of Bangladesh. Um, but uh, yeah, so those there are concerns. All the missiles that they have are point. You know, we talked about missile technology and capabilities, but uh, North Korean missiles are all pointed towards uh, South Korea. Uh, uh, you know, the Korean Peninsula, as I mentioned. It's not just South Koreans there at threat, but Americans as well, too. We have 28,500 troops and some families and independents and, uh, you know, several hundred thousand Americans that live there. So, so it is a formal threat. They have an arm. Their army is, is 1.1 million, 1.1 to 1.2 million. Um, so, the, you know, of course, the quality of their weapons, it's all kind of outdated Know, even Soviet era weapons that they're using, but but they have a lot of manpower and they do a lot of uh, they do a lot of training. They live under their society is really a military uh, a militarized society where from really a very young age they're taught that they have this threat. The United States is out there lurking, and so they're all, always in this perpetual state of of readiness. It's compulsory military service. So all men in in North Korea have to serve in the military, and then after um, several years of service, all of them are in the reserves until age 40. And it's pragmatic for Kim Jong-un to do that because, if you can for a second talk about the life of the average North Korean, what life is like for them, but he who controls the military controls the country, so if you conscript people into the military, then I guess you have their loyalty, and as a result, you pretty well ensure that you're going to be in power? Right. And when you are in the military, you are fed a little bit better. You know, there's a social strata, there's um, stratification where uh, you're allocated, the amount of food and the amount of uh, rewards that you're allocated from the state depend on uh, your rank and your position. So the military is still respectable, uh, seen as a, respect, a respectable position in the eyes of the regime. And, uh, you know, the Kim Jong-un, uh, he's uh, the the regime, the structure is set up in a way where it's coup-proof. So he actually is head of the party, head of the state, and head of the military. So, yes, he commands all three of those, and it's a way, again, to ensure his survivability. Any final thoughts, Andrew? I've enjoyed talking to you. Uh, no, other than we, uh, you know, we, you know, they're not on the front page of the news right now. But as I mentioned, you know, there's assumptions that they may launch a seventh nuclear, conduct a seventh nuclear test this year. Um, and there's always questions about the transition, the successor. We saw last year his daughter appear in public for the first time. So I do think that we'll see North Korea and Kim Jong-un in the news in 2023 as well. So when you say coup-proof, that that's taking into account his family, right? Yes, his regime. And so this is, a, in a way, setting up uh, the future of North Korea. His sister has been considered... Uh, Kim Yo-jung, his younger sister, has been seen as a potential future leader, and uh, and perhaps his daughter. He has he's known to have three children, but so far we've only seen his daughter uh, in public. But yes, there's the future generation of Kim's. We're at the third generation, and uh, we may be looking towards the fourth in the upcoming years. Best not to get on his wrong side, huh, Andrew? 
Yes, <laughs> yes, but we do have to uh, address his threat. I think that is a yes, concern. Yes, absolutely. But, no, I know that. Yeah. I'm just saying he, internally in the country, I don't see any way that he loses control of that. Oh, yeah, internally he'll just kill you if you, yeah. if you resist. If you're not part of his, his inside uh, clan or part of his family or close associates, there's a risk to everyone's lives who challenge the regime. In a worse possible way. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate your time. Andrew Yo. Um, senior fellow, Korea chair at the Brookings Institution, professor of politics at Catholic University. Hope we get to talk to you again. 935, we're going to talk about speckled trout and limits. When we come back, it is time for traffic first, though, here on WWL. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. 